Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, college football has crowned a national champion, and make no mistake, this was a coronation. LSU fell behind by 10 points to Clemson Monday night, only to watch Joe Burrow complete the greatest season of any college football quarterback and maybe the greatest season for any college football team. We'll recap the national championship win over Clemson. And Major League Baseball is ready to punish the Houston Astros for cheating, and now we know the price you have to pay to steal a World Series. It's $5 million, a couple of bottom of the first and second round draft picks, and a manager and a GM served on the Coles. You can't be serious, Rob Manfred. We'll have all that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Steve, I've, I've watched this LSU team all season. I've been impressed with them. I, I thought that they would win this game. I didn't think they would fall behind uh, the way and win it the way they did, falling behind 17-7. to to Clemson, who looked for all the world like uh, they were in control of this game, especially defensively. And then Joe Burrow woke up, and so did that Clem- that LSU offense. And I'm telling you, this was a machine all season long. Well, not only that, but the LSU defense woke up. It and, did. And they played maybe their best game of the season. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, when we talked about this last night, you know, I had picked Clemson in the game because I just thought Clemson's defense was better, and I didn't mm-hmm. think LSU could stop Trevor Lawrence. Well, I was wrong on that regard because they they figured out how to shut him down. I mean, they got down early, and LSU had some issues because they were penned deep in their territory. Yeah, the first couple possessions. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. Clemson gets the lead. But, you know, Joe Burrow and and that whole offense and Emsminger, you know, who called a great game, they didn't flinch at all. And and they never Mm -hmm. lost confidence. And, man, do they have weapons on that team. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, we'll talk about Jamar Chase. I mean, talk about receivers. What has LSU become much like Clemson produced a lot of NFL receivers, LSU now pumping them out. Chase had 221 yards and two touchdowns. Um, you know they're they're just loaded at that position. But well, that's after uh, what yeah. Jefferson last week or two weeks that's ago right. against uh, Oklahoma mm-hmm. had 200 and some yards. Yeah, I mean when when you have Joe Burrow, um, you know who throws for more than 450 and, and another five touchdown passes, ran for a score. I mean he kind of does it all. But they, they got it cranked up. They made adjustments. They certainly made adjustments on offense uh, and kind of had LSU figured out a little bit. Um, but Burrow was, you know, once again, I mean, he's, he's, so, he's so explosive. Um, his ability not only to throw, but he had some runs. You know, the play of the game was, was towards the end of the half. They were facing like a third and ten. Uh, they had no timeouts. And mm-hmm. Burrow runs a quarterback draw. Uh, in man coverage with, you know, everybody's got their back to him. He make, he beats one guy, um, the linebacker, and, and runs out of bounds and then allows them one more play where they throw the touchdown to, uh, what, Thaddeus Moss uh, for, the, for the touchdown, and, and that was it. I mean, th- th- those that that's such a, a great call in that situation, and Burrow used his legs a lot in this game in critical situations. Um, took a big hit too during the game, and um, was you know was not going to come out of it. Obviously, right before halftime, mm-hmm. on the throw on the touchdown pass. As a matter of yep. fact, the Moss he he got drilled in the ribs and probably has some some damage there. But 
Um, you know, they, they just seem to have the answer for everything that Clemson threw at them um, after they made an adjustment, you know, after they got it going. And when they get it going, they're unstoppable. I've never seen a college football team like this. You, you mentioned how many top 10 teams this team beat during the season? They beat seven AP top 10 teams at the time they played them, so which is the most ever. Right. They've beaten six of the top 13 teams in the final playoff standing records, which was before the bowl games. Six mm. of the top 13, and they're one of them, so really six of the top 12, if you take them out of the mix, they beat. That's incredible. For uh, it's, it's, I asked you before the, the, we started, is this the greatest mm. football season ever by a team? And maybe not the best team. Yeah. But the resume they put up, I mean, they beat Texas. They beat Florida. They beat Auburn, Bama, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Clemson. Not to mention they beat Texas A&M, who's not a bad team. And, and mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about you know Jimbo's problem is he played a lot of good teams, including Clemson. Um, right. You know, just you know, it, they're not a bad team, but they just don't have enough wins to be up there. I mean, this may be the greatest season a team has ever had. If you just you know on paper the resume, I mean, obviously Joe Burrow set the touchdown record with sixty. They scored the most points. In, mm-hmm. in the in the AP poll era of the of college football, which I think started in 1936, I believe. Now mm-hmm. that's also over 15 games, so I don't know per game if it ends up being the most, but pretty pretty close. I mean, you know, one of the best ever. That in, in probably in the toughest division in football, it's either the SEC West or the Big Ten East. Take your pick which year. This year, I think the SEC West was by far the toughest division of football. So, I mean. Is this the greatest season a team's ever had, and maybe the greatest season a quarterback's ever had? I think it is for the quarterback. I don't. I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, statistically, anyway, one of. I mean, he was the guy who beat those teams. I'll say this though about the SEC. Like, I mean, just this year in in a you know top to bottom, obviously it was strong. Their division was the strongest one. I don't know. You know, Alabama was this was this one of the greatest teams Nick Saban has had at Alabama? No. Um, was Georgia even as good as they were a year or two ago? Probably not. Um, you know, so so they're individually. If you look at all of them, I don't know. Well, Georgia's not in their division, but uh, but well, you know, that's true. But Florida, but... Florida was improved this year over years past. They were better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Texas A and M, I think, is getting better. LSU, of course, mm-hmm. is is the dominant team this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can't knock the conference. Obviously, it's still the best conference in in, in college football. It, it is, and and but like I said, I, I think some years you could say the Big Ten East has been the the tougher division in college football. I don't believe that was true this year mm-hmm. um, because I think LSU is so strong. I mean, I would have liked to see what Bama did against Auburn if Tua was healthy. True, you know, it could have been you know, uh, you know, Bama playing in the New Year's Six Bowl at that point mm-hmm. um, if they would have beat Auburn. So. You know, their only loss at that point then would have been LSU. So the SEC this year is is by far the toughest conference. And, and, you know, it's a shame for Clemson that their conference is so weak. Well, here's the thing, and this this leads to your argument, um, because let's, let's reverse this, right? Let's say Clemson would have won this game. This Clemson team, you could have argued, was the greatest team in college football or this class because of what they would have accomplished. This would have been three national championships in four seasons, mm-hmm. right? So that senior class would have would have done something. And then, and then, how many games in a row had they won um, before the twenty nine? I think went into tonight. Yeah. So, so, so they could have won thirty games. Now, you know, Trevor Lawrence was not 
was not the starting quarterback for all thirty of those, but I think he, he was twenty five. He had been t- he had twenty five in four, a row. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if you look at it that way, and you'd say, "Here's what you would have said about Clemson: is that you know right now Dabo Sweeney is the greatest coach in college football. Right now, he's better than Nick Saban because he would have won three out of four national titles, and 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 Clemson as a program would have been the top program by far in college football. And and this class, like I said, um, you could say you know that this was the greatest team. So I, I think beating them and beating them handily the way they did just adds to LSU's resume, right? I mean, when you look at all that Clemson had on the line historically. Look, in the, in the, three, the last three games, which is the SEC championship against Georgia, the, mm-hmm. the, the semifinal against Oklahoma, and now the game against Clemson, they outscored their opponents 142-63. to 63. Goodness. In those three games. I mean, they were unstoppable. They they just were. They just they just made it look easy, and it's not easy to do. You know, those are other really good athletes. Um, you know, Burrow had this chemistry with his receivers, mm-hmm. uh, and and they would try to cover him in man coverage. I mean, they tried a lot of different coverages, but anytime they were in man coverage, if that back, if that defensive back was not facing the quarterback, he gave those guys a chance to catch balls, and they came down with ninety percent of them. I mean, it was incredible. How many back shoulder throws, um, you know, over the top throws? I mean, you know, whatever throw it required, you know, he he was there to make. And I I don't have a great eye, you know. Look, I I can't predict what kind of pros guys are going to be because, you know, and we can talk about this. I mean, if Joe Burrow goes to the Cincinnati Bengals, I feel sorry for him, you know, because I know what happens to good quarterbacks that go to absolute crappy teams and organizations. Um, he could get destroyed, and his confidence could be you know, just awful, and, and he may never win, you know, consistently as a pro or ever. We just don't know what's going to happen with the Bengals. But just the eyeball test, like, I've seen him, and, and the improvement in him has just been ridiculous, right, even from last year, and he was pretty good last year. But but when you watch him make NFL-like type throws from the pocket, when you see his athleticism, um, when you see him throw with anticipation, now, you know, Another guy at Florida State that won, what, 26 in a row? Mm-hmm. Um, did the same thing, you know, in college football until his final year there uh, when he started having some turnovers that has now followed him to the NFL. But but Joe Burrow has that kind of playmaking ability, and he looks the part. I mean, and his temperament, um, you know, he's not the he's, – he's, 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 he gets excited, but he's not too excitable. You know, he he's always seems to be, you know, Joe Cool back there a little bit. Um, confidence to the point of, of having a lot of swagger. Um, and, and you can tell that his teammates love him. Now, everybody loves a winner. But I, I think this guy, you know, if he went to the right place, um, has everything you need to become a great pro. Now, whether you know the Bengals better than I do. I, I don't know that there's anything there. I mean, A.J. Green might not be back to work with. What's that offensive line going to be? Um, that's a tough division, you know. It's very physical with two playoff teams, and the Steelers will be back. So the the question is, and granted, you know, Joe's from Ohio, so the weather part of that, you know, he's played in that, which is all part Mm -hmm. of you know when you play in the, uh, you know, especially the AFC North where all four teams are outdoors. Oh yeah. Um, you know, weather and that when you get to November, December matters. Um, and the mm-hmm. way you build your team. The hard part about the Bengals is you just don't know what the coaching staff is yet. I mean, Zach Taylor That's was true. in his first year this past year. Didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of talent there. Um, you know, it benched Andy Dalton, then went back to Andy Dalton. Um, but you just didn't – didn't, and A.J. Green was hurt the whole year. 
Um, mm-hmm. you know, got hurt the first day of training camp when they were practicing on a bad field in Dayton, Ohio for the NFL's mm-hmm. 100th anniversary. Um, and I, not saying that's – you can argue whether that's why he got hurt or whatever else, but that's where he got hurt at. Um, so you, you just don't know. I'm like, you know, bad coachings can hurt a quarterback particularly, anybody in the NFL really. I mean, where you go matters. It absolutely matters. Um, but I don't know if we know enough about Zach Taylor yet and, and his coaching style and what he's going to do to help or hurt Joe Burrow. I mean, you know, he was mm-hmm. in L.A. with Sean McVay, helped turn Jared Goff around. That's a, you know, that's a good sign, and you hope that, you know, he's going to – it will help whether it's Joe Burrow or if they take somebody else with the number one pick. Um, although at, at this point I think the Cincinnati fans no. might revolt if it's not Joe Burrow. Yeah, I think everybody would. I mean, I can't imagine you not taking him. Uh, you know, they they clearly need a quarterback, um, but but it's going to depend on too what 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 their investment is on the offensive line. I don't know what their salary cap situation is. You mentioned you know like it, it's like the one thing I've learned, and and I think the reason why so many of these guys fail at the top of the of the draft at that position is just that they go to bad teams. They go to the worst team in the league, the worst team in the league, mm-hmm. and in, in Jameis's case. And in a lot of a lot of quarterbacks, Marcus Mariota's case, perhaps um, the coach is wobbly, uh, or even if he comes in with you, uh, as Lovey Smith did, was was here one year and then drafted Jameis. Um, you know, it's the coaching shelf life is very short, a lot shorter than it used to be. So typically, what they're not going to fire the quarterback because they just invested a lot in him and as a first round pick. So you could go through three or four completely different coaching staffs before you get to the, even your fifth year. And when that happens, man, it just sets you back each time with a new system, with new coordinators. No, do it this way. No, do it that way. And and you just hope they don't screw him up because he, he, he you know, obviously when he has everything around him, you see what he's capable of. Um, but but LA, I'm I'm proud of LSU, and I I like Ed Orgeron. You know, you you, you mentioned before the podcast, like what is US USC thinking right now? I mean, they got to be kicking themselves, right? I mean, this guy has proven to be. You had you him know, on the payroll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was your and interim he was your coach, dude. and he won some games. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he he didn't have success, and they he was beloved. And the you players loved guys, him. The donors oh, loved yeah. him. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and there is more to, particularly in college football, right? Because you're, you're taking guys that are 17 and 18 years old, and you know that's the toughest years for a young man. I'm just here to tell you, I raised one, I was one. Um, there's a lot that goes into that and, and you got them, you know, some of them a long ways from home and they were all superstars and it's not about the X's and O's. It really isn't. And he has a great coaching staff. You know, those guys have done a terrific job. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of them don't end up on an NFL staff here pretty soon. Um, but you know, it's, it's really about managing people and, um, and relating, having relationships and you can see he has a relationship with every every player on that team, and he is he's beloved and and I'm sure he's tough and he's got that gravelly voice and you're gonna do what he says but um but he's he he's he's also in the right place you know sometimes you you fall um you know you fall forward um and not backward when when that happens and I mean he said after the game that he always dreamed of being the l s u coach well He's got confetti falling on him in the Superdome in New Orleans, Louisiana. What's more gumbo than that, right? Well, as they always say, LSU finally found a coach who does not have an accent. <laughs> I love that, man. That's so funny. Well, I just love Joe Burrow. I'm happy for the kids. You know, 
whole state of Louisiana. Yeah, before Lu- whole state of Louisiana. Go, go Tigers. Yeah, nah, he's he's he he is out of central casting, man. He just he's just out of central casting. So I've enjoyed the college football season. I really enjoyed watching LSU. Booger McFarland's going to be happy. There's a lot of LSU. Michael Clayton, <laughs> a lot of LSU guys, um, and they won a national championship, right? You know what was weird to me was watching Nick Saban, who worked for ESPN in this game. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they paid this man. It had to be a lot of money <laughs> because. <laughs> I mean, he he won a national title with LSU, right? Mm-hmm. And he's you know gotten beaten. He's he's beaten and and been beaten by Clemson, right? So here he is on the sidelines watching this all go around him, and uh, it was a weird it was a weird position for him to be in. I thought, um, but he was there for for the analytics. But it, it was uh, probably it was that, or enjoyable... you know, it could have been Aflac paying him to be there too. Well, that's true too. That may be part of a sponsorship deal where you're not in the that's playoff. Right. You've got to be there for there. And Aflac's probably got parties there and whatever else. That I mean, that's what the Super Bowl is. Is all those guys? A lot of those players are in. It's not. They're it's not in just for they're they're in right. they're for business reasons. The sponsors are having them at parties. Mm-hmm. Plus, the, to go hit Radio Row to go promote their latest, you know. Just like a whatever Super Bowl. product they're selling. I mean, that's exactly what the Super mm-hmm. Bowls become. And in, in college football, mm-hmm. it's the same way with those coaches and stuff. At the the final fours and stuff, they're all peddling stuff and including jobs. I mean, they're very mm-hmm. in college football and, and I think in basketball, those those national championships mm-hmm. are job fairs. Yep. As much as anything. In the NFL, it's the senior bowl. <laughs> that's that's where everybody goes to look for jobs, uh, as these uh these new coaches fill out their staffs. But yeah, what a what a what a wonderful, uh, enjoyable season um, to watch for LSU, and uh, you know it, it was cool, man. I, I like good football. They they played an exciting brand of football, mm-hmm. and they could do anything they wanted. They could run the ball. They played good defense. It wasn't the, you know thinking it was wasn't wasn't their best defensive team. No, know? wasn't by far. I mean, and then but you know you also sit there and you go, well, you know, what if Devin White had come back? <laughs> you know, like they lost some pretty good players to the NFL. And uh, I wonder about Devin, too, because, you know, he goes to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Of course, he, you know, got sick right away, and, and he did wind up winning Rookie of the Month the last two months of the season, played really well, and he is getting paid. Let's not, let's not uh, minimize that. Um, but for one year, though, he could be a national champion, right? And that's just something that, uh, uh, that you really can't, you know, can't feel a part of. But uh, the LSU nation is big in the NFL. I mean, that is a, that is a hotbed for uh, – for NFL talent and for receiving talent, my goodness! And the thing is, they've been producing receivers without the Joe Burrows, right? With just really pedestrian mm-hmm. quarterbacks. Oh yeah, I mean what, yeah. OBJ and oh gosh, I mean uh, Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry and, yep, yeah. You know, there's uh, there's a number of them, and there's a bunch of guys on this team as well. So, but you know what, Trevor Lawrence is going to be back. Uh, yes, you know? there's your Heisman front runner for next year. Oh no question, and and they and they will go undefeated next year too because in fact they'll be favored by twenty in every game they play. There's no one in the ACC that's going to come close to beating Clemson. Do they have year. anyone on their non-conference schedule? I don't know. Well, I'm going to look it, it up. There could quick. be. Yeah, go ahead. Because this year they play Texas A&M. So, uh, they're at Notre Dame. Yeah, they'll kill them. <laughs> um, oh wait, this, yeah, the dates are all at Notre Dame, and they get South Carolina, of course. Uh, they're playing Akron in the Citadel. Yeah, they're undefeated. Yeah, average average uh, point spread will be plus you know my, plus twenty for Clemson, and they shouldn't apologize for that. It's you know 
Dabo went around saying nobody wanted us. No, nobody wanted your conference, okay? Yeah. Now, he tried to play the underdog card, but how do you play the underdog card when you won that many games in a row? It didn't seem to matter who you played. Um, and, you know, they uh, they certainly proved it, you know, uh, in the semifinal that they were still a good team, and they're going to be great next year. Trevor Lawrence is going to be great. If Trevor Lawrence was coming out this year, he'd be the number two overall pick right behind Joe Burrow, in my opinion. Just because of the quarterback, I don't know who would take it, him. It'd or, be interesting if, if you were. I mean, Joe I'm Burrow not saying had the, he's a second best player. Joe Burrow had the better season, but there's a lot of people mm-hmm. who say Trevor Lawrence is the better prospect. Yeah, eesh, maybe his arm is so strong. It is strong. <clears throat> I'll give you that. He, he can make some, he can make some throws with that arm that most quarterbacks mm-hmm. can. He's fairly athletic. It would be interesting if both of those guys were coming out at the same time. Who you know. And, and Trevor's a couple years younger, too. So and that can right. be factored into when, you know, taking quarterbacks, too. He, is, he like, is he like 6'5 or 6'6? Six, six? I'm like, he's a tall quarterback, right? He sure looks like it. You know, you know, there's a stat that says there's not many successful quarterbacks like over 6'5. He's 6'6. 6'6, 220. That would actually work against him in the NFL. I can't explain why other than those safeties are really good at reading quarterbacks' eyes. And when you're that tall, it's pretty easy to read you. Um, uh, but there is but for there six is six a, he uh, can run pretty well too though. Uh, no, he's he's really athletic. That's the thing I think that separates him. Look, he's gonna he's gonna get every chance in the world to be a great quarterback in the NFL too. And and for what he's accomplished, um, in two short years is 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 terrific. So like I said, um, I think just the value of the position they would go one two if they were coming out in the draft, but they're not. And Joe Burrow I think will be number one. And I think Cincinnati would be very happy. And he he unless he would you think there's any chance. That he would say to the state of Ohio, in particular, uh, and to this organization, you know what? I want to be like Eli Manning. I'm not going to the Bengals. Please have any other team take me because I won't sign there. I suppose it's I mean, possible, it, but don't forget he is from Ohio. So I know it should, it maybe he knows be. the Bengals too well and would say no. So oh yeah, yeah. I mean, but it, there's gonna I, look. I I can see where down the road where agents and or teams would start trying to do that again. Because there are just, I mean, you know, Baker Mayfield had no no trouble. You know what happens is they want to be number one overall. They do. They want to be number one overall. And Baker Mayfield wanted to be number one because he was the runt, right? He was the guy that everybody overlooked. Mm-hmm. And they don't really think about it in terms of, like, I'm going to Cleveland Browns. They, they're they so confident in their ability and so confident. Well, and that the money's be better. The I mean, it's not that much the better anymore. I mean, but it is now better. it's slotted. Yeah. But it, you, the higher you're taking, the more money you make the more in your money first you contract. Make. That's right. And it's an ego thing. Absolutely. I don't care what you say. It's like, I'm competitive. I want to be number one. You know? I, I've, I mean, this, that's the way those guys are wired. So he's going to get his opportunity. And um, and I think if they put the right pieces around him, I, I could be wrong. And, and like I said, I've, I've covered the league for almost three decades. But what I see in him is is NFL ability and the ability to, to throw with anticipation and be accurate. You know, this is the thing. How many interceptions did this guy throw this year? Not you know, many. Vir- virtually none um, compared to the number of touchdown passes. So uh, when you protect the football at this level, you'll typically you'll do it at the next level. Now, not always. It's a different game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel much better about a guy like that that, you know, had the, the big touchdown to interception ratio than, than the reverse of it um, because it does get harder. So 
Yeah, good good college football season. Hard to believe it's over. How long we got to wait until we hear they're coming to your city? It's going to be like well, September or October. Usually it's the uh, now it's like late October so or August. I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm guessing yeah. looking at the calendar, August 29th will be the first full Saturday. Mm. August 27th will be some Thursday night games. And if, so who's your this f- year? They did a game a week early, the Florida Miami game for the 150th anniversary of college football. I don't think they'll do that next year. So. That's right. So probably the 20th, right. August 29th will be the first full weekend. So who's the uh, – I haven't looked at the Las Vegas odds. Is, is Clemson the odds on – got to be the odds on favorite for the national championship, right? Um, Yeah, I would think Clemson is. Um, let's Two see. is not back at Alabama, although they'll be ranked up there, I'm sure. Let's see, LSU. I mean, LSU's – I mean, they're not going to have a new quarterback, but they're going to have a ton. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's going to be up there. Justin Fields is back. Oh, yeah, Justin Fields, absolutely. Um, looks like uh, Brett McMurphy tweeted this tonight during the game. Clemson mm-hmm. 9-4, to Ohio State 3-1, to Bama 6-1, to Georgia LSU 8-1, yep. to Florida 14-1. to hmm. Auburn, Notre Dame, OU, Oregon, Penn State, and A&M 30-1, Michigan, Texas 40-1, to Wisconsin 60-1. to yeah, well, those are very familiar names, especially when it comes to the yeah. college football playoffs. So Florida State, Florida State is three hundred to one. Yeah, same yeah, with I uh, UCF. The, I don't think either of those teams will get it done. But, but it, would would you be surprised if it was Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and somebody? Right, Clemson, Ohio State, Bama are the top three, and then Georgia, LSU tied for the fourth. So you know, take there it you go. Yeah, that's what college football has become, but. I'm cool with it because those are the best teams. I don't. I don't really have a problem with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, outside of any team you root for, if the teams you're rooting for aren't in there, then you know, I want the best teams. Right. And I'm also cool with the playoff if they expanded it. Um, I don't. I don't think the four teams is is something they have to stick to. You could find ways to uh, to make it more than that. At least you can make it inclusive for the Power Five. Although I would argue that you know the way. The way the ACC and uh, you know they 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 have one great team obviously in Clemson, um, but to me the Big Twelve is a joke. Um, we saw what Oklahoma was well, once they got into the finals, but I'm still, I still good with the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve still better than the ACC. Just Clemson's better than well, the Big true. Twelve. I mean, I'll, I'll take I'll take you know Oklahoma, Baylor, Iowa mm-hmm. State, Texas over the next three or four in the ACC any day. The Wake Forest. Yeah, I mean, you know, Virginia, Virginia Tech. I mean, Maryland, yeah. I I, I think the Big Big 12 struggles defensively. Mm -hmm. Um, They just don't have enough athletes. They don't recruit enough athletes to play defense. But, you know, the Big 12, I don't think the Big 12 is a joke. I just don't think Oklahoma is on the same level as Bama, Clemson, Ohio State. But those are the elite teams. I mean, Oklahoma's very, very good. They're not elite. Yeah, but there's 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 they don't play defense in that conference, no. right? No one no one's going to to uh, Texas Tech to play defense. No one's going to Oklahoma necessarily. I mean, they might have a few players, but you know, if Texas isn't isn't on top, and that's what they really need is for Texas to come yes. back and be Texas again. Yes, which makes no sense to me that they're not. But that's what they really need in that conference. Remember when and LSU have, was getting ripped for not hiring Tom Herman? Yeah, I do. When they hired Ed Orgeron, I do. And I, I think that's what that's what that conference needs. They mm-hmm. need they need the Longhorns to be relevant again. And you know, A and M Jimbo's got a good program going. They're going to win eight or nine games every year that he's there, yeah. and occasionally ten or eleven. No, well, in the SEC um, now, you're adding Mike Leach in that SEC West too, right? At Mississippi State, so 
So yeah, the SEC is not going anywhere. They're going to be strong again. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, so we had some uh, big news in Major League Baseball, at least uh, anticipated, I guess. It's not official yet. Major, I don't think no. Major League Baseball has no, announced no, they, this, or did they, they, they did announce it? No, they announced it today, yeah. Okay. It came out All officially. Because right. I, I know it was broken uh, earlier in the day. Yep. <clears throat> but anyway, so, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I feared this, and it, it's kind of come true. Um, and some people would say that this is enough. But to me, I, I'll tell you why it's not to me. So the Houston Astros won a couple of World Series cheating. One. Right? They won one. They won one. Um, they lost this year they, to the Nationals. They played in a couple. Yes, okay. yeah. They lost to the Nationals this year. Uh, is it possible? Okay. So for that, you know, using – it's really funny that, you know, they were using replay um, technology and then, like, banging garbage can lids, which is really funny to me that, like – so, yeah, this is really high-tech stuff here. Um, but they basically they basically cheated. I mean, they they cheated in 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 the most obvious way, or maybe not obvious, but the most egregious way you can cheat, which is to to let hitters know what was coming before uh, the pitch was actually thrown. So five million dollars is the fine. Okay, that's which the most. Nothing. That's the most that baseball can levy against a team. Okay, so, so I mean, so they got Manfred. That's the max in their bylaws that he can fine a team for something. Right. Right. So if you got a $250 million payroll, that's about 2%. Mm-hmm. So that's what you got charged. Um, a couple of, uh, of first and second round picks in the next two years, which, again, if you're a World Series champion or in the World Series, that means you're at the bottom of those rounds anyway. It also means that if you're a major market like the Houston Astros, you can afford to miss on those draft picks because you're just going to use free agency to su- supplement, supplant it anyway. Um, because again, you're, you're a major market team that's winning world series. And then the biggest, to me, the biggest punishment were, was levied on the manager and the general and the general manager. They both were suspended. And then 20 minutes after being suspended, were fired by the Houston Astros. Um, and so, <clears throat> you know, AJ Hinch and, and the GM, uh, what Jeff, uh, Lou now, yep. um, they're out of, they're out of a job. Meanwhile, the owner, Jim Crane, he got the fine. Right, you just get you just you just got to stroke a check like you do for everything in your life, and and there's no stain on you. There's there's no talk of you know having to vacate the 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 you know the World Series championships. There is no postseason ban. There is nothing. And some people think that you know that 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 would be way too extreme. I don't. If you're Major League Baseball and you don't want to have this ever again, and you don't want to have people suspecting that teams are are in some way cheating somehow whether it's stealing signs or any other um you know idea that they may come up with um you got to go harder than this in my opinion am i am i am i just wrong about that or or does it just seem like you know maybe that's all they can find by by virtue of an agreement but Mm -hmm. 
I don't think it's about money. I really don't. I, I, I mean, no. what is the price of a World Series? I mean, there's a ton of people in this world that would write checks for that. I think, look, this is a severe punishment by baseball. If you look back at past punishments and things they've done, this is, this is you know, outside of, you know, banning Pete Rose for life, you know, this is the most severe punishment baseball's done for anything. Well, the Black Sox. I mean, look, they banned guys. I mean, they they yeah. went they went to the play. I mean, basically, they're saying that the players right have no well culpability. That's here that's gonna that's that's my thing. I think baseball dished out a severe punishment. Mm-hmm. This cheating, and it's in the report, started with the players. It wasn't mm-hmm. AJ Hinch that came up with this. Okay, it wasn't Jeff Luna. Now they knew about it and did nothing about it, which is why Ed Crane said he fired him. In fact, in fact, they lied about it. Yes, and so you know that's why, as an owner, he fired them. The mm-hmm. fact that baseball is not going after any of the players—that's where you know in this generation of players, and there's there's I can think of several that come to mind specifically talking about. You know, we don't we're we're we hate the steroid era and it's cheating and we're cleaning up baseball and they're so proud of the way they cleaned up baseball that way. But now they've got at least two teams now that we're pretty sure have been cheating and both won World Series because the Red Sox are coming next. Right. And Alex, 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 Cora, Cora, a, Alex Cora a, may get banned for life. He might because he was a ringleader, apparently. And he he was he did it in Houston and then took coach. it to Boston. That's right. <laughs> And won two World Series with it. He might get suspended. He might be on that, uh, you know, ban for life or can apply for reinstatement in two years or something. And do uh, we think that the Red Sox didn't do this? I, you know, I at this point, I would say it's probably likely they did. I mean, all the reports are coming out that Coro's going to be se- severely punished, which means they think he did it or they know he did it at this point. Or mm-hmm. the Red Sox did it, I should say. Right. You know, but now to have done it from two teams in two straight years, you know, they they may drop the hammer on him, but these players who did it, none of them are being punished. And and whether it's they just don't want to fight the union on it, you know, I I, I mean I mean so is is Jose Altuve no longer eligible for the Hall of Fame? In well the, in the minds I, of voters that won't vote Barry Bonds in is Jose Altuve no longer eligible for the Hall of Fame when he retires? I'll be I'll be perfectly honest with you. It to me there is a parallel to the steroid, not mm-hmm. not in the sense that, um, you know one one is you know performance enhancement right that you that you take with a needle, the other is a performance enhancement that you take with the clanging of of a uh, you know of a garbage can lid. I mean, look at Jose Altuve's batting average home and away. For that matter, look at a lot of the Astros' batting averages home and away. Jose Altuve, you know, has gotten paid a lot of money mm-hmm. because of his ability to hit. And it's a cumulative thing, right? But his his batting average is so enhanced um, when cheating that, yeah, I kind of do look at it that way. I can't I can't trust what I'm seeing now with his numbers um, because I thought he was one kind of player, and now I find out that he had, you know, an advantage because he cheated, and he was happy to do so. And you know, I don't buy this this whole thing that like, you know, well, you know, if if the rest of the team is doing it, then you'd be you'd be stupid or or whatever not to not to just go along with it. I think each player can make that decision, 
And I would I would have dug a lot deeper trench than baseball is by letting these players off scot free, mm-hmm. because the, you know how many managers and GMs, as John Romano wrote in the Tampa Bay Times, are willing are, are going to be pushed off a curb, right? Just to just to let two other guys run the show, um, if the, if if that's the if that's the real price of of cheating. I mean that's that's just not steep enough. It 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 just absolves the players of. You know, well, they're on the team. What do you expect them to do? You know, that that's not good enough to me. That's that speaks to your integrity or your lack of integrity. Um, this isn't, you know, this isn't the third base coach who happens to see the signs because the catcher's doing a poor job of disguising them, and then him saying, "Come on, Bobby," you know, or something like that. I mean, they're using videotape, or they're using uh, they're using, you know, some electronic system. To actually relay yeah. in real time what what the pitches are, which there was memos from the commissioners explicitly saying you can't use that not, technology to not do that, right? And and they were asked about it, and they lied, and everybody in baseball presumably knew it, and they lied. Um, so I mean, in every sense, it's it's a cheat, right? When I pay money to go see, you know, these hitters hit and their batting averages are, are 150 points better at home, what am I watching? You know, if you don't have – if there's no integrity in, in your sport, that's when the sport collapses, and that should be the biggest threat to any sport. Um, and, you know, I'm not a gambler, but, I mean, geez, you know, how, how much money did people lose betting against the Houston Astros? Well, how many, how many pitchers have had yes. their ERAs inflated? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we know, and, and there's uh, John Romano, if you go on TampaBay.com, you can see videotape of this, of Chris Archer, uh, and you hear the, the garbage cans banging. Um, you know, they did it against the Rays. And look, mm-hmm. Chris Archer's made plenty of money, but, you know, when he's getting lit up and he ends up being essentially given up on by the Rays and ends up in Pittsburgh, I mean, you know, all of this matters. All of this goes on these guys' careers, on their resumes. That was what was so wrong you know, people talked about steroids, and, and uh, well, everybody did it. It was a steroid era. Okay, well, first of all, not everybody did do it. That's just, that's not true, okay? Did we know who did it? No, because they frankly didn't really dig deep enough. Well, um, no, I mean, back then, players and owners and management refused mm-hmm. to put it in collective bargaining because neither side wanted to test because it was making they everybody did. a lot of money. It was. They were all getting rich. I mean, right? the there home was run contests. I've, I've and, talked to general managers. They knew it was going mm-hmm. on, and there was nothing they could do about it. They could not test. They could not do anything about it because right. collective bargaining would not allow it. Because right. both because sides were making a ton of money off of it, so they let it go. Chicks dig the long ball, and they had the home run race with McGuire and Sammy Sosa, and all of that. Um, but but you know who it hurt? It hurt the guy that had integrity enough not to do it. It hurt the guy that was going to be stuck in AAA or AA. Uh, because the the second baseman that he knew he was better than started juicing and started hitting twenty five and thirty home runs a year, you know that's who it hurt. Mm-hmm. And and the same is true in, in in this instance. You know there are pitchers all over the American and probably the National League, you know that got lit up because the Houston Astros were cheating. And and where do they go to get their money back? You know where, where do they go to get their ERAs lowered? I mean, if a guy has a batting average of 150 points higher at home, guess what? Guess who that came off of? That came off those pitchers. You know, that's their ERA now. 
You know, that's their average against. I mean, baseball is the ultimate numbers games. Well, you know, somebody had to pay the price for all this. Um, and to me, it's just not a big enough price. I, I And again, you know, maybe it's the most severe ever to this point, you know, the most they could do under the collective, whatever. But you're you're just basically saying this is what it costs to cheat to win a World Series. Now, maybe the antennas will be up more, but I also think this. This was known. This was known. Oh, well, the years. Yankees have been reported. Mean, first of all, the, the Red Sox and Yankees got in trouble with Apple Watches back in, was it mm-hmm. September of 17? That's just when the first serious memo on this subject came out. I mean, baseball talked about this as early as 2000 as far as you can't use technology to cheat. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, they had the Apple Watch incident, so then Houston does it in the playoffs in 17. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox, but the Yankees have been complaining about the Astros for a couple of years cheating and mm-hmm. reported it to the commissioner's office. And apparently lots more teams have complained about other teams doing things. Now, whether they're all true or not, well, you know, the baseball says they're investigating every one of these claims. Right. But it's pretty apparent that, uh, obviously now it's obvious Houston did it. It sure looks like Boston was cheating as well. Maybe not to the degree that it was going on in Houston, as far as maybe not quite as elaborate, but it, you know, it appears they in that report's supposed to come out soon too, and Alex Cora is probably going to be in trouble. Uh, it's interesting, you know. Carlos Beltran was a player on that Astros team. He's now the manager of the Mets, mm-hmm. and he's not well, going to get into punishment that's... because he's a player and that's protected by the union. <laughs> Wait a minute! You just said he's the manager of the Mets. Is that not punishment enough? Well, <laughs> I mean, aside good from point. that, yeah, I think he got probably the worst deal. Um, yeah, it's it it it's you know. I also wonder this: Did Charlie Morton know about this? That's a good question. Now, granted, you know this was helping the hitters, but I, look, look, if it, if it was going on, guys that, in the yeah, clubhouse, he, right? Did he know about it? Probably, of course. And 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 he would be remiss not to tell his team when they were playing the Astros that that was the case, right? I mean, by that time, it was all over Major League Baseball, you know. But they were yeah. still doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, and I've heard a lot of the the you know the guys talking on whether it's you know MLB Network or ESPN all day talking about. You know, baseball has this pace of play problem that they keep talking they want to address. Mm. Well, the the amount of elaborate schemes that teams are going through to protect their signs because they're paranoid that every team's cheating on them is, is slowing the game, the game down. Yeah. You know, now it's if you hear a whistle, it could be from the crowd or the dugout, step out and reset. Mm-hmm. Not sure if it's a sign. If you hear you hear someone hit a trash can, it could have been the usher bumped into something upstairs step off mm-hmm. and redo your signs and and now we're doing 28 signs we're putting down instead of four and right you know that it's they're slow i mean you know part you know this technology is now causing them to slow down the game yeah because everyone's paranoid that. about things yeah no, i could see that yeah. and neil solomon's Sol- brought up a good point today too he says you're punishing the astros today but now they're looking for a new gm and coach and if they go raid another team, you heard them less than a month before spring training. You've heard them. You've heard another team too. Now, mm. you know that's an unintended consequences, and whether baseball wanted them to fire. Listen, you could easily tell the Astros and and or the Red Sox that those guys are banned, and you have to hire somebody within your own organization. And we're not allowing you to hire any outside help. You could say that. You could, although, you know, the other part is is you have to wonder. You know, I talked to a, a big Houston fan today. And mm-hmm. they were a little ticked off that the owner didn't 
come out and, and you know, he said they don't really have a culture of cheating in their front office. You know, he kind of downplayed, oh, evidence to he kinda the down, contrary. He kinda downplayed a little bit. I mean, you know, he's saying there was a problem, but it's, you know, and, and I think, you know, this fan wanted to hear him say, you know, yeah, we've got a culture and we're going to change it. The problem is, is all these guys still work for you. And, and, and if you mm-hmm. force a team to promote within, if, they, if there is a culture of cheating, mm-hmm. how is that fixing anything? True. I mean, so, you know, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't in that regard. Because if you promote within, bit. you might just be promoting more of the same culture. You hope not. And, you know, look, it, it starts at the top. And Or what's the punishment if it happens again? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there's still plenty of meat on the bone. But, I mean, you know, like I said, it, it, as people dig into this thing, I think it's going to be more than two teams. And it's certainly going to be more than a few players. And, you know, we had the steroid era. Now you could have, you know, the electronic signs era. I don't know what they're going to call it. But this is really, you know, it's, and it's baseball. I mean, this is really awful. It's just awful. for. And I love, I, you know, baseball is my game. I love it better than any other sport. I played it the longest. All of that stuff, right? Um, but this is, this is a black eye at a time when baseball doesn't need this, right? They're struggling because of pace of play. They're struggling because of the demographic and the age of their of their viewers um there's a lot of things that baseball needs to address this is just a this is a horrible episode for them it is and and the hard part is is the technology is getting quicker faster better, better. yeah right how do you stop this uh, barring I don't you think know you can i mean bob costas and, and tom verducci and, and others on mlb network today we're talking about do you get rid of all electronics period in the dugout no ipads no tvs no you know get rid of every in clubhouses and everything and during the game those things are all off and there's no electronic communication period in the dugouts do we need to go that far with it maybe i, I don't i don't know the answer i mean this is the thing this is what's so funny about this when you think about how primitive this was sure they use electronic technology to steal signs but then they use clanging Garbage cans to relay them, right? Mm-hmm. What if they come up with a better well, way? Well, there was talk that there was some, um, like, bandages that you could put on that could actually vibrate when, yes, when exactly. you do things, you know, that, you know, it's going to be an off-speed off speed, There's going to be an off-speed <laughs> pitch, and this bandage you got <laughs> yeah. under your pad on your left arm starts sure. vibrating. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the ankle bracelet. <laughs> it could be, in, you know. Wait the till they start guard. implanting themselves with something that can, you know, be communicated <laughs> to them. That ain't, that's not far away. <laughs> hey, man, some of these, some of these, uh, you know, some of these hearing aids are pretty, pretty small. <laughs> you can actually talk to somebody. It's a fastball. You know, I mean, it, you can get ridiculous with this stuff, but technology is always going to outpace, you know, the rules, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're already we're already through the looking glass on instant replay and things like that that we never you know the unintended consequences of of technology are already affecting the game right i mean you you see a guy's shoelace come off a bag and then the replay shows that he was actually off of it for a nanosecond and so therefore he's out yep you know hate that yeah i hate that too so yeah it's uh it was a it was a bad day bad day for the astros bad day for baseball um well it's only gonna get worse day. when this red sox report comes out i agree i agree you showed me who did the artwork you showed me this uh the symbol of the of the houston somebody astros somebody had it on twitter and it's the houston except instead of the you know atom and the electrons right. behind it it's an asterisk sign and it's the houston asterisk 
It was beautiful, man. I said, was someone on Twitter had that. I don't remember who, but it was great. <laughs> Twitter's that's what Twitter is for. Twitter is for the genius that's out there that you don't realize, you know, instead of all this hateful crap. Um, but uh, yeah, that was really funny. Well, it, you know, you know, the happiest guy in the world is today about this news. Happy. Bill O'Brien. <laughs> yeah, well, Bill, yeah, not a, Bill not a good weekend in Houston sports. <laughs> oh my God, Bill O'Brien, who is still answering questions about why you would fake a field goal up twenty, you know, what was it, twenty four to to seven, um, you know, is uh, is now is now under the fold, as they say in newspaper business, when it comes to Houston bad sports stories. I mean. Yeah, you blew a 24-point lead in the divisional championship, and you're not the worst thing that happened today. <laughs> not even close to it. So, oh, man. Well, I hate it for baseball. I hate it for my sport. And well, I liked Jose Altuve. Hopefully they're going to clean it up. Hopefully they're going to clean it up. That's well, Get your electronics loose out now. right? But until you start punishing players, I mean, I'm – I'm going to continue to get paid. You know what I mean? I'm well, going to the bank. Look, I mean, that's why the steroid era happened, is that the players Absolutely. knew that no one could test them. So if no one can test me, and it's going to help me stay in the game longer, make more money, the money, keep my the starting job, whatever. I mean, you know, I, 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 look, I don't endorse the, the steroid era and the PED era, but I can't blame any one of the players for doing it. Well, I mean, I this mean, is their dream. This is what they're. This is this is their dream. This is what livelihood. they want to do with their livelihood. And they found mm-hmm. a way to make themselves better, stay in the game longer, keep their starting job, whatever it is. Right. I, I can't blame them for that. When they know, you flat out know, you won't get tested because there's not. It hasn't been collectively bargained, and neither side wanted it. Neither side right. was pushing for it. Neither side cared. As long as the checks were coming in, and Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire saved baseball, and Barry Bonds then took it to another level after that. Nobody cared until well, and, until and, Congress said, "Oh, we're going to look at your antitrust exemption." Oh, 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 hold on, oh, we we want to clean this up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was all about well, money. And the funny thing is, even for guys like Bonds, it probably wasn't so much about the money; it was ego. Well, because he sat there and watched guys like McGuire and Sosa, who he knew didn't have one tenth of the talent mm-hmm. that he did, mm-hmm. and watched those guys cheat their way to sixty home runs, and he said basically to himself. Yeah, watch this. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And then it was 70. <laughs> so, I mean, that's where Ego just, just you know, got a hold yeah. of uh, of a guy like Barry Bonds. But it was, yeah, it got to be, it got to be a cartoon. Right. And, you know, that's, that's just, well, you don't need that in sport. And you don't need this, this lack of integrity. And, um, and, 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 guy, and, you know, for every guy making money, and the money is so huge, I mean, look, if I could take a smart pill and, and and be the greatest writer on earth, you know, You're not? I might think about it. Well, no, and I don't think they have the smart pill, but I would have to think about it. I mean, you know, it, it just, I, I just. What was that movie know. with Bradley Cooper and uh, was it Robert? De Niro? Yeah, I know. I remember, I know the movie you're talking about. I watched it not that long. It was a couple of months ago. I watched it. Limitless, I think it was called. Limitless. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. And it ended tragically. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, I don't want to drink some guy's blood off the floor. Um, but it, it, you know, it, it's that sort of thing, right? I mean, when, when does integrity reach stupidity? I mean, if you're fighting for a job, you're in a business that is, that is competitive as Major League Baseball. And, you know, like I said, you see a guy who you're more talented than and that maybe you're starting ahead of and you're 
getting promoted steadily ahead of this guy, and all of a sudden he shows up, and he's 25 more pounds of muscle, and the ball that used to go to the warning track is flying out of the park, and now he's in the big leagues, and you're not. I mean, wouldn't that, you know, wouldn't that change your attitude about things? And then there's also, you know, this group think that happens on teams where, you know, everybody's doing it. Why don't, why don't you want to know what's coming? You know, aren't you a teammate? Aren't you a guy that wants to win? You know, um, you wonder how much of that went on within the Astros or the Red Sox organization. So it's just all bad. It's just all bad. And it's not just those two teams and they're going to have to get a handle on it. I'm not sure how they do it, but I just don't think they went far enough. And, And the reason is they didn't punish any players and I'm sorry, but if you really wanted to knock this crap off, you would you would make them not be eligible for a postseason or um, take some players out of the game or something, you know, because it's the players that have to decide to do it, you know. Um, at the end of the day, you know, they have to participate or not choose to participate. So anyway, we'll follow this story, I'm sure, the rest of the week. Uh, tomorrow we're going to have Chris Torello, the lovely, the talented from Spectrum Sports Bay News 9. We'll talk about, obviously, the national championship game and then more more baseball talk as well as what's going on with the Bucks. I was at the East-West Shrine game a little bit, Shrine practice, I should say, Shrine Bowl practice. Mike Caldwell is the um, inside linebackers coach for the Bucks. He's now coaching the East team. Um, there's a lot of Buccaneers out there, Todd Bowles. I got to talk to him a little bit and uh, – I think Clyde Christensen was out there. So the boys are starting to come out of hibernation there after a couple of weeks off following the season. So it won't be long before we get to uh, the Senior Bowl and then the Combine and then free agency, and then maybe they'll know what they're doing with Jameis. So um, that's something to look forward to the rest of the week. And the Tampa Bay Lightning play at home against the LA Kings tonight. That's their last home game for about two or three weeks. because they Three have- weeks. Is it three total? Wow. Yeah, so they play, uh, they'll play at Minnesota and at Winnipeg this Thursday and Friday. Then they get their week-long bye week, mm-hmm. and then it goes into the All-Star break. So they go like nine days without playing hockey. Wow. Uh, then they'll uh, resume play after that uh, in Dallas, Los Angeles, Anaheim, San Jose, before returning home against the Golden Knights in three weeks. Wow, the old West Coast trip's coming up pretty soon then after the All-Star break. So. Of that to look forward to, and they're red hot. I mean, they they did finally break that win streak at ten, but uh, see if they can get back on track before uh, before the All Star break. So, uh, lots going on. We appreciate you guys listening. We're going to have a mailbag later this week as well, so you can get your questions in. You can uh, tweet those to us at Sports Day TV. You can reach me uh, on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampa bay dot com. For Steve Verstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.